Good morning on this Saturday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We had left off yesterday talking about when Jesus entered into the holy place and offered his own blood, not into the tabernacle that Moses had made, not into the tabernacle that Solomon had made, not even into the tabernacle that was uh, rebuilt by Zerubbabel or Herod's temple, but he entered into the real, not into the pattern, but into the real heaven, the real mercy seat. And there he applied his own blood, of course, which contained the very life of the Father, which flowed through Jesus himself. It's kind of hard to understand or comprehend such a thing. But remember, Jesus' blood was pure, was holy. And when it was offered up for our sins, it contained the very life that flowed in the natural body of Jesus. And that natural life, or what we would call the physical life, also included his entire being, his entire soul. So when he laid down his life for us, he laid down everything that he was and that he is or was ever going to uh, be. And then God the Father said that he, he had been promised that he could take up his life again on the third day, which he did. He rose from the dead, guaranteeing for the believer that not only did he cut a covenant with us or for us, but that he is the tester, the one that is going to make sure that it is enforced and fulfilled in the life of every single one that accepts Christ as his Lord and his Savior and continues to believe and endures until the end, whatever or whenever the end may be. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 44, the Apostle Paul gives us a very tremendous revelation concerning something that normally would not have been fully understood except now within the context of Christianity and the gospel. He says, talking about death, it is sown a natural body. And the word that he used there is not the word flesh. It's, uh, he's not saying it's uh, planted into the ground as a as a fleshy body, but he uses the word natural, natural body. Now, this word natural and the word sensual are identical words. It's not soul. It's not flesh. It's not spirit. But it is a, a word that we don't find in the English language. I think there's only... Uh, one country that actually identifies it uh, and it does use the word, but it is sown a soulish body, a, a body that has been controlled and has lived by its natural, sensual appetites. That's about the only way to say it. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Our spiritual body is going to be like the body of Jesus. Stop and consider when he was here on the earth. Uh, he was in one spot at one moment. He disappeared from there. 
he'd have one spot and then he'd be outside a door or outside a wall. Then he'd be inside the house. It, it is a very different body that operates in a physical realm. But it is also a body that is going to have to operate in the spiritual realm. That is during the time that we are in heaven. So there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Once again, the word natural there is the word uh, that, that I'm translating as uh, soulish body. When God created Adam, he created him a spirit being. He breathed into the, the physical clay and it became a living soul having a mind, a will, having the emotions and the capacity to feel, to taste, to touch, to hear. That combination, but the spirit of man was breathed into him also when the breath of God breathed into that clay. God meant for the spirit man to have communion with him, which he did. So the spirit man, I'm going to call it our spirit, is capable of fellowship, is capable of intuition, is capable of worship. And because it is, it is at that level that God communed, communicated, and did everything with Adam. But when Adam fell, when Adam sinned, that communication was cut off, that direct communication. And therefore, Adam had to now rely on, because since Eve wanted to eat of the fruit, that it would make one wise, she wanted to be able to, on her own, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, instead of it flowing from our natural spirit or from our spirit man, and then giving the orders to the soul to tell the body what to do, we wound up, because of Adam, having our soul exalted and having the body become the vehicle through which every lust and desire was fulfilled and our spirit man became a slave, dead in sin unto God, and disconnected. So man goes through all these forms and rituals in every religion to try to figure out how they can appease the wrath of God, how they can meet the demands that God has for them. But in reality, it is only through Christ, it is only through His blood that we come and obtain the grace and the mercy of God in our lives. So we are going to have a spirit body or a spiritual body, uh, a pneuma body. Then it says in verse 46, However, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. So it's once again the exact same word that was used before in verse 44, it's soulish. The soulish body or the soulish life or the soulish man. Just look at man 
today in the time that we live. Everything is controlled by what he thinks, what he feels, what he wants to do. And it doesn't matter if it's contrary to what God says. It is the appetite of the natural, the soulish man that wants to fulfill and live out his life. Now, Paul continues this teaching in that he says in verse number 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So the flesh is called corruption. Yet the flesh of Jesus, his physical body, did not see corruption. He was promised in the Old Testament and in the book of Acts, that he would not see corruption. His body would not be decaying there in the cave where he was buried. But he would be glorified by the Father, by the Spirit of God raised from the dead. He would be glorified in a new physical body or in what we would call a spiritual body now from what Paul identifies. And it says, now I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit. It doesn't say it can't go into heaven. It says it can't be an inheritance for eternity. Flesh and blood cannot. So this physical body has got to be exchanged and transformed for something that can live. Something that can dwell in the presence of God who is holy in the presence of the angels, in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of all of Jerusalem, the only way it's going to be possible is living in, for eternity, a body that has been exchanged and transformed from corruptible corruption into something that is incorruptible or incorruption. James says in James 3.15, this wisdom descendeth not down from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. In other words, if there's fighting and strife and confusion in any situation, any circumstance, whether it's the home, work, the marriage in a, in a nation, in a state, in a government, whatever it is, they're depending on wisdom that is first earthly. Once again, it's of this natural man. It is of the life of the individual that has decided to put God out of his life. Not his will, not his word, nothing of God living or being done in the life of the individual. Because he or she has decided to go by his or her physical senses and then it doesn't stop there. It says... It's sensual. The wisdom that flows in this world that is not from God, not only is it earthly, it was learned because of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, but it is also sensual. It flows out of a soulish man. A man that we could call, if he is a Christian, a carnal Christian. He's not walking or living in the Spirit or by the Spirit of God, but he is living by his own desires. Complete 100% desires. 
sensual is the word that is used there, but it's the exact identical word to natural, the natural body. Then the third thing that it says, it's devilish. The wisdom that flows in this world is first earthly, man-made, man-taught. It's sensual. It's of the life of that fallen uh, uh, individual, but also the, the Christian that regresses back to that type of lifestyle and is not being led by God, but he is led by his senses and uh, spiritual senses, I'll, I'll call it, but not from God, but from his soul. And then the third one was, it's devilish. One is opened up more to be deceived and walk in darkness in that state when we allow our thinking to be pure, 100% of what man teaches on this earth, what flows from his sensual, natural self, and that which the devil himself provides for man to be confused and for man to be uh, blinded. In Jude chapter 1 verse 19 it says, These be, these be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. Once again, the word sensual that is used there is the exact word that was used in James and it's the exact word that was used in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 and verse 44 and 46. It's talking about the natural man. Remember, it's not talking about being guided by our spirit or by the spirit of God, but it's basically, as I said before, if we had or there was such a word, soulish man. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, we are given one more time the use of this word. It says, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. It's not talking about just simply the natural man, someone that doesn't know Christ, but it's talking about the sensual man. The man that walks according to his soul, wanting to fulfill every desire that he absolutely has and wants, and using his will, using his mind, and using his emotions to live it up. That type of man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. It says, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And to discern the spiritual, we need to be walking in the Spirit. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Keep looking up. Our redemption and Redeemer is coming soon. Be prepared. Make all possible, all possibilities of preparing yourself in every which way that honors God, and at the same time, be blessed this day, remembering we never know when that day is going to be, but just be ready. The Lord richly bless you, in Jesus' name, amen.